What's up, Charleston? This is the Healthy Charleston Podcast, hosted by yours truly, Eve Gigi, where we talk all things health-related. We're going to talk about all sorts of health information, as well as, hopefully, clear up all sorts of terrible health misinformation. What's up, Charleston? This is the Healthy Charleston Podcast, hosted by... Dane Gifford and uh, Matt Shiver this week. Uh, we're here to talk all things health related. Uh, we're going to talk about all sorts of health information as well as clear up all sorts of terrible health misinformation. Uh, this week our guest is Rachel Werdeman of Sanctuary Blue uh, Center for Optimal Living here on Daniel Island. So thanks for being here, Rachel. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess, um, you know, just to kick things off and get started, let's just talk about maybe background. Um, you know, you, you run Sanctuary Blue Center for Optimal Living. Um, you are a Cairo by, by trade. Um, so maybe talk about how you arrived in Charleston and kind of what led you to that world of chiropractic. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, I've been in Charleston for a little over a year now. Uh, September was a year for us. So uh, it's been amazing being here and basically moved from Atlanta. Uh, we were there for about seven years. That's where I received my doctor of chiropractic, did a bunch of my undergrad there, uh, but grew up in Minnesota. So born and raised a small little area in Minnesota and uh, loved it there. I was kind of a tomboy at heart when I was a kid. I was out, we lived in the country. Uh, we had horses, dogs, like chickens, like you, you name it. Um, and so I was always outside, always moving, like riding bikes. My brothers, like we made all these like bike trails and I was climbing trees, all this stuff. Anyway, so I love being outside, love moving. Um, but, you know, my health journey was, you know, my family, we had some aspects of health and then, you know, some things we still did a little more conventionally. And, you know, growing up, um, I was still kind of sick a lot growing up. I still kind of had some different issues. I didn't have anything, you know, like no like autoimmune issues necessarily, nothing like huge in that sense as what we talked about today. But I just I wasn't fully healthy. And I started, you know, realizing as I kind of got into high school, um, I had more emotional ups and downs as well, you know, just kind of different things that were off. And really, you know, one of my best friends in high school introduced me to chiropractic care um, through a local Cairo in the area. And I really just fell in love with the philosophy of it and really just the idea that our bodies are designed to heal. Our bodies are designed to be healthy. And really, you know, we just need to get the, you know, junk out of the way, you know, that interference out of our bodies and allow our nervous systems to function, allow our bodies to actually function and heal the way that they were designed to. Uh, and so when I heard that, I was like, it just clicked for me. I was like, this makes so much sense. And when I was, you know, in high school, kind of that age, we were trying to figure out, like, what are you supposed to do with your life? What are you supposed to be? You know, who are you supposed to be? So All these pressure. Right. All these, you know, yeah, so much pressure, all these questions. And I kind of had this gut feeling of like, I'm supposed to do something to help people. Right. Um, and I didn't really know what that was. You know, my family was such an interesting mix of, you know, half my family was engineers. Half my family were like artists. Like when my brothers is a violin maker, uh, one of my you know sisters, you know, makes all these kinds of art and stuff. So it was a really interesting family to grow up in because we had so much like right brain and left brain. And I really felt like in between that. And so when I discovered chiropractic, it really was kind of this melding of yeah, the two. Definitely. Right. Um, so, you know, I just, I fell in love with it and 
even at the time I was kind of like, okay, like this feels right. Like this feels what I'm supposed to do, but I still hadn't fully found like my own in it. Cause right. I mean, I'm sure you guys have had experience with chiropractors. It can mean a lot of different things. Right. Uh, so I went down to chiropractic school. I finished my undergrad. I got my undergrad in health coaching. Um, so that gave me even further, you know, a bigger platform in understanding the body, you know, nutrition, psychology, movement, a bunch of exercise physiology classes in there as well. So I got a, you know, background in that and then kind of went into my chiropractic education. And, you know, through that, you know, I started experiencing, you know, the challenges of, you know, at this point I was married to my husband. Um, you know, we were both in graduate level programs and, you know, figuring out life. And I still had different things in my life that were not healed, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I was kind of on the brink of emotional breakdown. My, you know, my body was kind of giving me signals like, hey, things are not right. Like you're, you're skating by, but you're not thriving. Um, so kind of through this, you know, my journey and understanding even greater amount of really what the body's pro- capable of, really what it means to heal at a deeper level. And about a year into chiropractic is when I discovered the um, technique, the style of chiropractic that I do now. And it completely rocked my world, completely transformed, not just how I viewed the body, how I viewed health, how I view chiropractic, but how I viewed myself, mm-hmm. how, you know, I grew in, you know, you know, not just physically, but mentally, emotionally, relationally, all those different elements really started coming together for me. And I was like, wow, this is what I'm, you know, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to bring to people. And this is what I want to, you know, create a space for. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I don't think that's terribly different, like from like, I don't know, I'm speaking out of term, maybe Matt, but like Matt just graduated recently as well. Um, and I imagine going through school, there was some stress about where am I going to go? What am I going to do after so I'm done? And then like knowing there's this passionate side, knowing that there's this world out there that really helped you become who you are. And then getting to a point where it's like, man, I just, I, I'm, I'm so stressed and stress levels are high. And now I'm picking what I want to do yeah. and following passion. And both of you, you know, I think find some similarities there. Yeah, for me, it was like trying to find people that interested me and like people who had like maybe a good aura or like had something that it's like, man, that looks very attractive. Like whether that be like how they treated or just like how happy they were. So it was like spending time around people who are happy and practice something that I want to do was really really beneficial for me for figuring out where to be, what to do. Because it is true. Like you go to school and you hope that school is going to answer questions and it doesn't necessarily. Sometimes it poses more questions (laughs) than it answers. And then, so, you know, well, like to find your space within the chiropractic world or within the PT world, yeah. like there's so many like aspects or facets of that and to find the one that fits you and your personality and your health or your definition of different is key. Yeah. And I, mean, I think school serves a purpose, right? Like school is there to get you a piece of paper and to get you through boards yeah, <laughs> and it's, it's not necessarily there. Not that it can't be. I was very fortunate. I went to Life University in Atlanta and that's like, the biggest chiropractic school in the country, I think in the world really, but it had the most amount of seminars, it had the most amount of speakers that would come through. So mm-hmm. I was exposed to a really yeah. wide array of, you know, what was out there. And so I you know, took a really big advantage of that. I was at, you know, tons of seminars all the time, traveled for seminars, did a lot of stuff with that. So that was really helpful. But again, yeah, the, the school's purpose itself 
is to get you through school. <laughs> yeah, base level it's, education. Yeah, it's yeah. your responsibility after that to figure out, yeah, where you fit and all the other pieces of it. Right, so. yeah. Let your passion and your mentors kind of guide the way it yeah. is. So there's, there's some chiropractic schools that are more conservative or traditional and, like, we only do this, totally. right? And then you have some, like, your school was more open-minded to there's plenty of different ways that you can treat patients. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I was definitely very fortunate. They kind of showed us the the really broad spectrum yeah. Um, and yeah a lot of opportunities so it was great yeah it's very interesting we'll dive into a little yeah. bit more like your technique here in a, in a yeah. little bit but I, I don't want to gloss over <laughs> the fact that you're from Minnesota and oh yeah let that come back up. <laughs> so uh what's it like um you've been down here for a winter you were in Atlanta like do you miss home at all like, the, like in Minnesota you said you were a tomboy but I just felt like everything you listed off was just the way it is in Minnesota whether you're a girl or a boy, riding bikes, fishing, hiking, yeah. like getting dirty. Totally. Um, I enjoy I enjoy Minnesota for four months of the year. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Maybe a little more of that. No, I, there's a lot of beautiful things about the state. I, you know, it still holds a special place in my heart. But I do love being able to be more active year-round. And in Minnesota, the way to do that in the winter is if you really enjoy the winter sports. And I don't really enjoy the winter sports. <laughs> so I'm not a big ice fisher. Yeah, I'm not, you know, any of that stuff. So you know, for us, we just, we love being south again. This has been about seven plus years we've been down in the southeast area. Um, so you kind of get accustomed to it. I think our first winter that we were away, uh, we went back home for Christmas and it was like negative 50 plus wind oh, chill. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a little much. Yeah. It's a little much. So. Oh, my goodness. I spent this, this winter in Denver, Colorado yeah. for okay. my last PT rotations, but... Even then, it wasn't like yeah, Denver's different. It's, it's, yeah, it's not bad. It was like it would be really. We would, you wear shorts one day and the snow the other. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this yeah. is wonderful. But then it's not like negative fifty or yeah. negative anything really. Yeah, it's already yeah, it's already pretty cold there, and it'll stay. You know. Yeah. Through. My uh, my I, that's why you know uh, Rachel and I got along so well. I think is being from Montana. Yeah. Kind of hit that off <laughs> right away, but my brother just got snow like like. I think they get like three of feet of snow yeah. up there. Yeah. So it's crazy. It's like September, and he was already getting feet of snow and uh, ready to ski. But but it's August. What? Yeah. yeah me too. <laughs> um, so yeah, like um, so yeah. Let's talk about um, I guess you know one of the things that you said, which I found is interesting, is you had a very active upbringing. Mm -hmm. um, you were very active yourself, but you said that you felt like there's still something missing within health. And I find that interesting because when we think of like the healthiest kids around, they're typically the most active. But, um, you know, I guess I'm just wondering, like, like, do you see that a lot? Like where kids that are active are still unhealthy versus the kids that we know are sedentary and like have an issue? Like, Yeah, I mean, I think health is so multifactorial. I mean, when you look at just the amount of things that are bombarding us today, bombarding kids today, you know, obviously movement is an amazing way for the, to help the body function and heal and detoxify and, you know, all those different things, right? Um, but there's so many different factors, whether that is toxicity, chemical imbalances, um, you know, just the level of, you know, talk about pesticides in our foods or different things like that, that just inherently, like I talk about health, I talk about you know, the level of health in your body is the accumulation of the level of health in your cells. And so whenever you have something that interferes with a health, the health of one of your cells, it's going to impact 
your whole body. Um, and so you just look at the things in our environments. Um, you look at, you know, kind of that mental, emotional aspect of what are kids being, you know, expected of today that may be, not that they're always unreasonable, but that may be too much for them, right? Or for an individual child, or they may be putting boxes that maybe they don't fit into. Uh, and so you have all these different factors of what really creates a healthy, thriving child. And certainly, you know, as a chiropractor, I talk about the nervous system, and certainly that plays a huge role in it as well. But there's so many different things. And so movement is absolutely a critical component of it. But you also have to look at nutrition, you have to look at, you know, what are they, you know, how are they being raised? How is their home life, you know, How's everything else going? Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I think that uh, an accumulation, like you said, of, of health. And I don't know, I guess I never really heard anybody say it like on a cellular level, but I think yeah. it's true. You know, I think what you said was profound in the fact that like you're kind of almost like as healthy as your weakest link. Yeah. In that sense. Um, so, I mean, there's so, I mean, it goes the same with us, not just kids, right? Right. Like, like, the only the only fun thing is we've had more years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've had more accumulation of the bad. Yeah, yeah. No, they talk. I mean, they talk about like you know body burden, the global you know burden of disease, right? And kind of that being a marker for you know different uh, disease processes and how much higher that is in adults and kids today mm -hmm. versus a couple of generations ago, right? And so you know, there's just a lot of stuff coming at us nowadays. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah I mean, I remember in undergrad, like looking at the maps that show like. Um, obesity across yeah. the United States, say in 1960, and then like every 10 years, and like it seems like it's just like doubling every 10 years, like the mm -hmm. amount of, of obesity yeah. or, or overweight, um, and whether it's adults or children, it doesn't matter. Like the, the, the trend is the same. Um, right. But I, yeah, I guess like, you know, it's really interesting. It's a hard aspect. We don't dive a ton into it. I mean, we at Made to Move deal a lot with movement yeah. which is our number one aspect and then we do try to approach a whole health but I mean like there's definitely got to be a balance there and yeah. so how do you I mean whether you're talking about kids or adults you know there's definitely so much to be fixed where how do you go about like addressing those things identifying the deficiencies and then also finding balance to to help them cope um, and, and help them improve over time yeah so I think you know it's a definitely a balance, like you said. Um, for me, I start by looking at them as whole people um, and looking at people that are innately healthy, right? Because I think it's it's easy, in a sense, in the quotation marks, to look at all the things that are wrong and to gloss over the things that are working correctly. Um, and so, and, and I feel like in our culture today, whether it's through social media, whether it's through news outlets, you know, people have a lot of information at their fingertips and they kind of have, you know, whether it's a learned or innate sense of the things that are going wrong, because those are the things that are more likely to be hyper aware of, right? Mm -hmm. um, but they're less likely to notice the things that are going well. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, even when I look at, you know, talking with someone for the first time, I take a look at, hey, you know, how's your nutrition? How's your movement? How are some of these different things going? Um, but I really focus on let's get, you know, let's optimize how your body is functioning as much as we can first and actually open up space for you to be able to take action in some of these other areas. Because, like, you take a look at someone who wants to quit smoking, for instance, right? They know that smoking is bad for them. They probably know all the statistics. They know, you know, the, you know, 
affect that's having on their lungs, the rates of cancer. Like they know all of these things. So having another healthcare practitioner say, well, you should quit smoking. Like, <laughs> no shit, right? Like most people know that they shouldn't be, you know, drinking excessively or, you know, eating donuts every day, right? Like a lot of people know these things, but it's about connecting it to what's important to them, mm-hmm. right? And moving from a place of hope and what their future should look like rather than a place of fear and, you know, something that they're trying to run away from. I think that's huge, that's huge yeah. right? It's like hope versus fear. I'll take that. It's like day. asking those like questions of why, and like if you get down to the patients, like keep asking why, okay, you have an injury, you want to rehab an injury, why you want to rehab an injury? Okay, it's because I can't play with my kids. Okay, why do you want to play with your kids? And then it goes into this deep layer of like, this is why I want to do this. And it gives them that inspiration to make that change. Yeah. Is what, what I found to be very, very like, effective. Yeah. No, I, I think that uh, in, in general, in life, I think we always focus too much on the negative aspects. Yeah. Like, it's easy to cue a negative thing, right? Like, hey, you need to fix that. Or, like, I don't care whether you're mentoring uh, an employee mm-hmm. or talking to your spouse or talking to a patient or a client. Like, it's so easy to always connect with what's wrong because you feel yeah. like that's what you're supposed to do is like yeah. identify the problem and fix it. When really you should be highlighting <laughs> all the things that are going right and being like, oh, and by the way, you know, in addition to all that stuff, you know, we have the power to correct these things too. Right. You know, it's just. Yeah, no, that's definitely something that I've definitely kind of dove into a lot with. So I've done um, my bachelor's in health coaching. I'm also almost done with my master's in positive psychology coaching Um, and really like going into a lot of the research there too, as far as like really what drives change. And we think that it's like, well, you know, we want to change this negative and that can work short term, but creating long-term outcomes really when you focus on those negative things, it just creates negative mindset Mm -hmm, loops of all these things that are bad and it can short circuit creating actual long-term changes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like as a weightlifting coach, everyone's always like, "What is what, what's wrong with my core? Can you watch this this lift so you can give me a cue to make me better?" And a lot of times I'm like, "Hey, high five!" Like, yeah, what's that right? Good. <laughs> like, no, no, no. Like, like how was it? I'm like, you look pretty good. Yeah. It's like sometimes we focus on those small, minutial, tiny yeah. things, but like spend two more years yeah, doing exactly what you're doing, and you're gonna be great. <laughs> over time. Yeah, it's just it's you gotta ways. accumulate. Yeah, yeah, accumulate the, the wealth. Um, I think that's, yeah, you see it all the time, you know, like just the, the negativity aspect. And it, it, but it is hard to focus on the, the positive and, and, I don't know, it's, it's a, um, a you, you mentioned that your master's in what? Positive psychology coaching. Positive yeah. psychology coaching, uh, which yeah. is really cool. I was just reading this book called um, The Power of Habit. Oh, that's a great one, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm only like probably halfway through at the moment, so I don't know um, how I feel about all of it completely, but fascinating to start with another great one on that one is atomic habits that's i probably like that one better but yeah yeah interesting yeah just the power of habit like Mm -hmm. how habits are created what you need to do to go about creating change within a habit if you want to make a change um Mm -hmm. and there's a structure there for sure um which is very interesting. So I think being able to understand that and then attack it is important. Yeah. I don't, I don't have the understanding quite yet. <laughs> I've got a lot of habits that probably need to be fixed, but let's focus on this. Yeah, yeah, there you go, there you go. And that, that's certainly <laughs> an interesting thing. Like, you know, it's so interesting, like talking about like, you know, whether it's habits, lifestyle change, you know, healthy eating, all those different things. Um, 
but there's still like the underlying principle of what is our, you know, the inner drivers, right? Like when, cause when you find those motivations, when you find, you know, that inner structure, making the change becomes way easier than when you try and like carrot stick yourself mm-hmm. as far as like, well, I'm going to give myself this motivation. I'm going to give myself this thing. Not that, that can't be helpful, but again, when you open up and say really, you know, what are some of the deeper things here? What are some of the underlying constructs that maybe I, you know, have or don't have? Um, and really going into some of those deeper motivations, it can it can fast track it all. Yeah, so, yeah, that's a sidetrack. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, we could go down that on our podcast, right? Uh, yeah. What um so you know, I guess just identifying a little bit more about what you do and like so what is a perfect client for you like who who is like your perfect or ideal like patient or or client or or however you refer to them so i you know i see see what i see um i work (laughs) a lot with moms you know not surprised not too surprisingly i'm a mom myself Mm -hmm. um but you know really you know i think Moms have it tough today (laughs) because they're under a lot of stress, you know, whether a lot of times they're working, they have a career of some kind, a job of some kind, they're taking care of a lot of stuff at home. Um, They've been through amazing physical feat of having kids, usually more than one, right? Right. And that in of itself is, you know, quite an undertaking. and, you know, then plus they have the same, you know, you know, buildup of a lifetime of experiences, a lifetime of, you know, hormonal shifts and physical, you know, things, car accidents, you know, I see a lot of women who've had somewhat complex trauma histories, really. Um, and so kind of taking that holistic approach of what are the different factors that have gotten you where you are today, whether that's the physical things, whether that's the emotional, the mental, the chemical, like kind of taking a look at that whole spectrum and saying, okay, how do we, you know, really take all this information and just work on creating more balance in your body from a physiological, biological perspective. Um, and so that's kind of, you know, what I do through my work um, is it's, you know, a different approach to chiropractic. It's less, it's less focused on different spinal segments and more focused on how everything connects in your body as a whole. Uh, and so, you know, really my clients are anyone who's looking to get to the next level in their life, whether it's just personal growth, um, being a better parent, being a you know more productive, but then overcoming pain, overcoming some of those emotional ups and downs, you know, just creating more stability for themselves so that they can be more stable for other people in their life as well. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, what does that look like? So, like, walk, walk us through. Yeah. Um, I'm a new patient. I'm a mom. Yeah. I'm, I'm <laughs> okay. what, you can be a dad too like? now. <laughs> <laughs> what does that look like? Uh, yeah, so uh, typically new patients, so I have a pretty comprehensive intake process, intake form. So we go through, um, you know, past health history, you know, all that kind of stuff. Sit down, we talk for typically, you know, first visits about an hour, can go up to an hour and a half, depending awesome. on what all we talk about, yeah, what all we go awesome. through. Which you just don't get in the medical no. world a lot. Yeah, No, <laughs> no. Uh, so yeah, we go through all of that. We do kind of my assessment. Uh, you know, obviously go through some basic stuff. We go through my assessment. We look at posture. We look at some of the different things as far as how those stresses have affected your body, really where your body is holding those tension patterns. And then you experience your first adjustment in my office. And so, you know, typically, unless there's some, unless there's some, you know, reason that, you know, we need to do something else. But 99% of the time, experience your first adjustment and kind of go from there as far as what you're, you know, where you're at, what you need, 
um, as far as ongoing, really, I focus on wellness care, right? It's about, you know, getting your body to a state of homeostasis and then Mm -hmm. keeping you there so that as things in your life come up, you're better able to maintain a state of health rather than, you know, go into a state of dis-ease, sickness, any other kind of process there. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So my, then my adjusting process is very gentle. So there's a few different um, types of techniques within chiropractic that are considered non-force techniques. Mm-hmm. So what I do is called biogeometric integration. And so that's, that's kind of one of them. It's not a full technique by itself, but I integrate its analysis with some other protocols and some tools that I kind of bring together into, you know, my, my Dr. Rachel package. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, it's really relaxing. You know, you come into my space it's, it's much more like going to a spa than going to a doctor's office. Um, it's, you know, we have music playing, there's plants, there's soft lighting, there's, uh, you know, you just kind of like relax. And, you know, I go through a few different things. Occasionally I'll use, you know, a little bit more of an input if I feel like it's necessary. Most of the time it's not. I really take the, you know, philosophy of approach less is more mm-hmm. as far as helping our bodies to actually learn how to adapt to input rather than, you know, feeling like it needs more and more input all the time. So, yeah. Yeah, so like PT, we have grades of adjustments or yeah. manipulations, whatever. Essentially, like a thrust would be a grade five where you have a cavitation. Right. Is that, so you don't use like a thrust technique? Very, very rarely. Yeah, okay. no, it's not my primary though. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, but I think um, similar to what we've talked about in the past, like, you know, technique-wise, uh, really just focusing on on stress overall and reducing that. So, you know, just bringing down, I guess, the overall stimulus to the central nervous system. Mm -hmm. Hers is a little bit more focused, like I think technique where where you're addressing maybe an individual area, but I I wouldn't say that it's different from what we do a lot of times where we're still addressing one area um, and then hoping that there's some type of systemic, you know, I guess, um, let down of of the nervous system to help calm and relax which allows us to interpret feedback and interpret signals that are coming in to then hopefully um be able to make change yeah once i'm off the table or once i'm off the you know whatever right yeah my work um it has a lot of different kind of effects but it works with you know the whole body and really you know helping your body to process and integrate those different experiences of life Um, whether that's a car accident, whether that's a stressful day at the office, right? And so really what that looks like is changing your physiology because that, you know, that's a driver for so much of our health and well-being. And so changing your brainwave, brainwave state, right? Like so much of the time we talk about brainwaves were locked in what's called alpha, beta brainwaves. And really where that health and healing takes place is at that theta brainwave state. And typically we get there when we're sleeping, but when we're locked into our color sympathetic nervous system, right? Mm-hmm. We stay locked into the alpha and beta brainwaves. Yeah. So even when we're sleeping, that's why people like wake up and they're still tired because they didn't actually get that deep sleep, right? Mm-hmm. So they, either they feel like they're waking up because their body's saying, hey, like, <laughs> I'm not getting rest anyways. Let's just get up and do something. Or they're just constantly tired, you know, or both. <laughs> like meditation, mindfulness practices would help you get into totally. more of that data state. And what I do is kind of fast tracks you through a lot of that. Gotcha. And then it also works with the vagus nerve. I'm familiar with that. Oh, yeah. yeah, totally. So uh works really, really well with that too. Yeah. So like caffeine, I would imagine if I was drinking a lot of caffeine, like you know, things gotta come over here. Yeah. Like does that would that make it hard for you to be in more of a theta state when I keep you more into the alpha beta as well? 
Yeah, it definitely can affect it. Um, it's so interesting because we use caffeine so much in our society, <laughs> you know, when it's like you look at, okay, what do we need to kind of go into that healing state? And so we're like, oh, well, we feel stressed and we feel tired. And it's like, oh, I need to have caffeine. Yeah. And then that just kind of messes up that homeostasis as well. Not to say, I know I still love coffee. I love caffeine, yeah. but being mindful of it and when you're using it all the time, it's, mm -hmm. you know. Gonna have an yeah, I sit next to a whatever sixteen pound <laughs> of uh, cold brew coffee every day. So I try to limit myself to like two cups. Typically doesn't happen. Um, let's go ahead and take a break real quick, and then uh, we'll come back and continue on learn more about Rachel's uh, mentors and and some different things down the road here. So, all right, and we're back here with Rachel Wordman of Sanctuary Blue Center for Optimal Living. Um, yeah, we just finished up talking about like uh, stress and different things. Mm -hmm. Nate, uh, Dr. Nate here, made move, always uses like an analogy about a cup. Mm -hmm. And a cup, you know, once when he's talking about pain, pain being the overflowing of the mm -hmm. liquid in the cup. Yeah. And how all the things that go into filling the cup are like stress and sleep and, you know, money and the relationship with your spouse. And exercise, and exercise nutrition. Okay. All of these aspects, and if they're all like um, on a negative side, filling up that cup overflows, and that's where we get like a response of pain or discomfort, or maybe even you know some of the, the lack of sleep and, and not getting any of the theta waves. But yeah. and then he talks about two ways of correcting it: are addressing all of the things that go into that cup and trying to one by one, you know, create some change while also focusing on the positive, right? We just <laughs> yes. um, but then also, if, if at the same time, from Made to Move's perspective, if we can create a larger cup. Yeah. Um, so we're trying to decrease the amount of stuff that's in the cup, but then if at the same time we can combine that with some positive activity and create a larger cup, then we know that we can create a more resilient and uh, more capable person. Yeah. Absolutely. So it's so funny because we use a very similar analogy in our office as well. Uh, we talk about the concept of bandwidth. Um, and so, mm -hmm. you know, kind of along the same lines of, you know, rather than just trying to decrease everything in your life to fit inside your bandwidth, if you can expand your bandwidth um, so that your capacity to handle the stresses of daily life, you know, the, the ins and outs, the, you know, whether it's, again, the physical, the mental, emotional, all that kind of stuff. Um, if you can expand your capacity, your adaptability to those different things, then you actually grow through them rather than getting, you know, stuck or getting mm -hmm. sick or getting hurt. Right. Um, and so, you know, it's so interesting. So one of my, uh, my mentors, man, awesome guy named Dr. Suki Mooker, he talks about, you know, living an extraordinary life. And really what it's about is like using all of those things in our life as opportunities to grow you know, the challenges, the setbacks, kind of that idea of, you know, if you've, have you read the book Mindset by Carol Dweck? Mm. Okay, amazing book. Mindset. My, mindset. Uh, author's Carol Dweck. She talks about a growth mindset, right? And so really what that means is that rather than looking at things in our life as um, like, oh, well, I'm, you know, I'm just this way or, you know, I'm, you know, even, even you know, when we tell kids, oh, you're smart, right? That's so debilitating because then it says, well, you have this natural ability versus exactly. saying you can figure this out. 
you can, you know, work to do something differently, you can make the most of the situation, whatever that is, right? And so we look at stresses in our lives as simply opportunities to grow. And, you know, through this process, you know, what I do really expand that bandwidth through the nervous system, through expanding your body's ability to process all those different things. Yeah. It's really a beautiful synergy of, you know, what happens when, you know, you expand internally and then you also take a look at how can I use whatever this is happening in my life as an opportunity to grow through it mm-hmm. um, and it you know it creates a lot of momentum yeah I totally agree you know flipping that that mindset of like if you see it's like anxiety and stress and like using this motivation as like I'm excited for a competition or something like at a big event right like yeah. you you have this this driver of emotion and how you see that could be either I'm really anxious about this or I'm really excited about it. Like it's still a sympathetic flow of like energy. Totally. But it's like how you see that in the moment dictates how you really feel and respond to it. Right. Right. No, like, I don't know. You just mentioned, you know, uh, living optimally or, or, you know, what is his name? Uh, Eve listens to Jocko the on the podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like one of his favorite things recently is just talking about the, the idea of good, you know, like facing some type of adversity and then just looking at it and being like, good, like I'm, I'm glad for the opportunity to figure out how to get over this problem yeah. or I'm glad that that happened because now it's challenging me to think a different way, you know, mm-hmm. like and just keep saying good, like when faced with these things that we would typically want to say are bad or are negative it's like good i got an opportunity now to expand my bandwidth right Right. you know make myself a bigger cup so i can progress and not have to deal with that it's it really is mindset right yeah um that's really cool that was cool to touch on your mentors have you been able to connect with anybody locally that's um like mentor wise or or on that level or Um, just not as far as a mentor, but I've definitely connected with a few different colleagues and people that I kind of, you know, bounce things off of a little bit. Um, you know, it's kind of getting out and knowing our community. Really, it's kind of been awesome this past year with, you know, opening Sanctuary Blue and just becoming a part of the health community here in Charleston and just getting to know, getting to know people, getting to find out, you know, all synchronicities. Like, I love what you guys are doing here and how, you know, it's, you know, for a PT office, you really do think so similarly so it's awesome yeah, yeah. No, that is cool i've got a question so sanctuary blue what's, what's yeah the, what's the name? absolutely there is yeah. um so so a couple different things so sanctuary blue is center of optimal living so um our logo if you've seen our logo it's, it has a dragonfly on it mm-hmm. and when i was kind of you know i was thinking of ideas and kind of what i wanted our our space to stand for so the dragonfly actually stands for personal change and transformation Ooh. and <laughs> right it's cool right um and they also have like one of the most advanced nervous systems so that was kind of a side note but anyways <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but anyways and so but i really wanted a place that people could feel safe to heal mm-hmm. and transform those things in their lives that they want to overcome and you know kind of going back to our body our nervous system right you have that sympathetic versus that parasympathetic and mm-hmm. really just wanting to embody you know, moving, helping to move people into that parasympathetic resting healing state in all senses, right? So having that space where they feel like they can completely relax, completely be at safe. And so for me, sanctuary really embodied that Mm -hmm. as being a place for people to come and heal. Um, So yeah, and then blue is just, I mean, I love the color blue. It's my favorite color. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's the ocean. It's peaceful. It's tranquil. It's, you know, it's 
it's relaxing and, and it's healing. And so, yes, the walls in our space are, are very beautiful color blue. It took me a long time to pick it out, but it's it's perfect. Oh, <laughs> yeah, you mentioned earlier that when you walk in, it's not like a doctor's office at no. all. And it feels like a more of a spa or a salon area totally. than it does like a medical facility. I think that's so important. Yeah. You know? It's definitely. I mean, first impressions are huge, yeah. and like just walking into an environment, like I, I'm, I'm perfectly comfortable in the uh, medical world, and every time sure. I go to the doctor's office, I still get yeah, like just well, nervous and shaky, and like I just yeah. don't want to be there. You know? And selfishly, like I wanted to be in a space that I wanted to be in, yeah, right? Because sure. I'm going to spend a lot of my time there, and I want to love being there, and I do, which is amazing. I'm so blessed. So yeah, no, that's it's important. So how does Rachel stay healthy? Yeah. How does she? How do I stay healthy? Um, you know, a, a lot of, you know, my personal journey, again, you know, the past five, seven years of my life has been through all learning all these different things, right? Optimal health isn't just one thing. Mm -hmm. It is all these different things. Um, and for me, it really starts out of how I'm doing internally. And then through that, as an extension of that, you know, informs you know, my eating choices, my movement choices, uh, making sure I am practicing what I preach, you know, taking the time out to make sure that I'm getting adjusted, making sure that I'm taking time to really take care of myself in all senses. And so, uh, you know, I've done, uh, I've done therapy, <laughs> I've done, you know, personal work, I've done, you know, boot camps, I've done personal training, I get coached, I, you know, do a lot of different things and I've done a lot of different things and I continue to work on myself and growing and you know I'm not I'm far from perfect uh, but I kind of you know take an 80-20 approach to life sometimes as far as like 80% of the time I'm on my game I'm doing everything mm -hmm. right 20% of the time it's okay and I'm at peace with that right um, I enjoy donuts every once in a while right it's not my everyday thing <laughs> but yeah <laughs> but you know yeah like being able to enjoy life yeah. and being at peace with it um, is kind of, you know, my motto. I try and embody that as much as I can. Right. So yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. yeah. You have that like white belt mentality of like, even though I, I, I maybe, you know, I, I have this background knowledge. I want to go learn from personal trainers. I want to go get more body work done. I want to go learn from their other therapists. Yeah. Like, that's so important. I feel like, like coaches should have coaches. Therapists <laughs> should have coaches. Like there's never a point where you're like, I've consumed enough knowledge to where I'm good. I'm like, no, no, no. I just, right. the more I learn, the more I realize I don't know anything, you know? Right. No, totally. And I mean, I really, you know, for me, like life is a journey and, you know, whatever that means to anyone, but for me, it just means that I'm constantly learning about myself. I'm constantly learning how I can be the best version of myself, how I can, you know, help others, how I can be, you know, a better mom, better wife, you know, just all around human being for like we have a short time on this earth so like yeah. I want to make the most of it right uh and so it's always a process there's always you know there's always things but also having that balance of you know not taking like too seriously and yeah. enjoying it right um so yeah it's kind of all those things yeah I mean you mentioned being perfect nobody is no. and I think <laughs> if you were striving to be almost it could be considered unhealthy right like you know, um, there's definitely some leeway to, to just be and, um, and and not be critical of yourself for every single thing. Um, yeah, I think that's one of the, that's one of the things that I don't say frustrates me, uh, but maybe frustrates me about the health community is there can be so much like you should do this, you shouldn't do this. Like there can mm -hmm. be so much stuff, and you know, I, I have people come to my practice, and they just they just kind of 
confused or, you know, they're now like running all these things of like, well, I need to be doing all this and that. And this person told me to do that and whatever. And it can just be really you know debilitating yeah. and negative. Again, kind of going back to this and that stuff. But, you know, really it's about kind of saying, let's connect to, again, you are whole, um, you know, on the inside. Obviously there might be stuff in the way, but let's reconnect to your intuition. What do you feel like you need, whether that's for movement or food or, you know, anything, you know, health related. Um, and not that there can't be some guidance along the way, but the more that we, again, open up that bandwidth, open up that connection within ourselves and really get back into, you know, feeling on a much deeper level. That was one of the greatest gifts that I got from being pregnant and having my son was really a greater appreciation of my body's signals as far as what it needed, when it needed it, you know, nutrition. Like people talk about pregnancy cravings, but for me it was like, well, you know, this is telling me what I need. And I was really able to connect to that on a much deeper level. Um, And so I, I continue to try and do that and continue to try and like, you know, when someone comes to my office, all right, yes, you know, there's a few different things we can talk about, but let's just start with, like, listening to your body and what it really needs. I think it's awesome, slowing down, listening. Yeah. You know, you made me think, too, that maybe I'm all talk with Eve, future guests-wise, looking at, um, you know, uh, therapy and, like, you know, from the mental aspect of things. It's not somebody that we've had on yet, and um, I know that every every month it seems that time goes on, I get more and more this desire to help people um, recognize that it's it's good to have a coach and it's good to have like a therapist. And by that, I mean like a psychiatrist or a yeah. psychologist, somebody that, that you can talk to for so long. It's been like taboo and like, you know, all these things where really all of us should have somebody that helps us like understand ourselves. Like, yeah. It really allows us to kind of peel things back and yeah, just sit. And um, so I think it would be an interesting, you know, person to add into our group on a, on a regular basis, probably not just one time in a year, but on a recurring podcast yeah. type of thing to to help promote the idea that it absolutely you know, like we all need that level of coach. We've got nutritionists, yeah. and arrows, and <laughs> PTs, and personal trainers, and all these things, but very rarely do you feel that many people out there that are raising their hand, going, "Yeah, I've got a psychologist," and uh, you know, I see them once a month or once a week, and like they they've been an integral part of my my growth. Um, but it should be because that helps you get back into that parasympathetic right. when you understand yourself, how you see certain situations, and like. You get the best exercise routine in the world, but if you're stressed about going to the gym, you're stressed about doing the right thing when you go into the gym, stressed about eating the right foods, like right. trying to be this perfect yeah. thing, whatever it may be, yeah. like that, and that just can, has more stress. Than right. It's system. almost unhealthy. It's more, right. it can be, yeah, more unhealthy than eating the junk food in yeah. a sense, like far as the reaction that creates in your body and the raised stress levels and the hormones and all the stuff that goes with that. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we definitely have patients that are hyper-focused. Um, not all, just I'm saying we have a, a subset of patients that are hyper-focused on their movement oh, yeah. to the point where they, there's nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. There's, there's yeah. probably never going to be anything wrong, but the, <laughs> the, the constant sheer focus of, am I doing it right? Or that right. feeling I get when I do it is causing them to not want to do it at all or, or affecting their ability to do it. And it's really just like if I was a psychologist to yeah. figure out how to fix their, their, their not fix, change their thought pattern, it would probably clear up enough. Yeah. And that, that it can increase their, their, their perception, their perseverating on that idea of my, my technique is breaking down this tiny bit 
can actually increase their perception of actually having and experiencing pain. Yeah. Right? It's so, yeah. So multifactorial. So interesting. Like, that's what I like about talking about health and wellness is like, there's such a huge yeah. wide net that right. could be cast. And I think, you know, it's a purpose of Healthy Charleston podcast is to kind of highlight some of these different ideas and thoughts. And uh, um, so hopefully we've done that. But yeah. Do you have a, a go-to fitness tool? So it could be whether it's in your practice, um, in the gym, on your own, at home. Like, is there one thing you can't live without when it comes to, like, helping you be healthy or fit? There's so much that can be done um, with just your body. But if I had to choose one thing, it would probably be a kettlebell and a nice. yoga mat. I mean, love that's two it. things, but yeah. That's cool. <laughs> on an island, I got a yoga mat. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I I can't really disagree. I love a, a, a kettlebell for sure. Um, so, so versatile. let's go ahead and uh, run into these uh, Spitfire. Right. That was kind of one. That was kind of that was a, that was a warm up. Right. So we'll try to do like one word answers um, as we go through these. Right. Um, we'll, we'll maybe go through, maybe Matt can come up with one of his own, um, but we'll kind of maybe alternate back and forth. So uh, what are you the best at? The best. I don't care if it's between you and Josh or if it's just in life. Like, um, what are you best at? What am I best at? Like, so just in life? Yeah, I know you and Josh like to play uh, games, so you could be, I'm better at him at this, I'm the best, or you can make it more philosophical and say, I'm the best at whatever. Uh, oh, gosh. Okay. Um, I will probably have an argument if I say I'm better at him than any games, uh, although it's probably true. But um, no, I mean, I... I'm I'm the best at um, reframing things for myself. Yeah, and that's more philosophical approach yeah, to it. I like it. Um, but really, you know, taking on challenges for myself and seeing the good in it is definitely something that I feel really, really strong in. It's something I've worked a lot at. So that'd be the more philosophical answer. Um, but as far as the gaming side of things go, uh, I am the best at. Um, oh, name of it uh anyway, <laughs> sorry i might have to edit this out. that's all right no, um, good. there's no editing down here no editing okay have you guys played you grew up in wyoming mm -hmm. okay. i grew up in montana you grew up in montana close enough. close enough um the talking about euchre cribbage cribbage there you yeah. go we went down that road sorry yeah. sorry cribbage yes no idea you're talking about. <laughs> he's like no, yeah, nothing yeah. no 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 good good midwestern yeah, we played we played a, a solid for a year. We played we played games back and forth, and he won like maybe five percent of them. So oh, nice. yeah. mm. all the Harry Potter fans just got excited. Quidditch, Quidditch. <laughs> yeah. um, Sorry, what man. do you struggle with? Hmm. Um. Probably mom guilt. Mom guilt. Yeah. What is mom it's guilt? It's so I'm real. Man. I don't have. You don't have that, man. Uh, mom guilt is like trying to be all things to mm. all people, you know, whether that's, you know, you know, especially, you know, business owner, I'm a wife, I'm a mom, feeling like, you know, I never have enough time for whether it's keeping stuff going on in the house, you know, if I'm at, you know, work, I'm sad I'm not with my child, I'm with my child, I'm thinking about the office, right? It's kind of like that whole tough, cycle. Man. Yeah, it's yeah. tough. And I've grown a lot in it, but it's still hard. Yeah. Well, focusing on the positives. 
your wife, your mom, and your business owner. So you're doing most more than most people already are. So right. Congratulations yeah. there. All right. What is your walkout song? What's my walkout song? Mm -hmm. Um. Oh shoot. Getting ready to talk to ten thousand people. Got to walk up on a stage. Songs playing. Oh, <laughs> oh man, I am not good at these. Okay, what's my walkout song? I love it. I would have to go with. I don't know. I could answer it right off the top. I mean, I could have done like a style, but I think I'd have a hard time with like one song. <sighs> The playlist. You say. <laughs> Who knew? Oh, gosh, you know I used to have an answer for this. I bet you did. Five years ago, I had an answer for this. It was um, back before your mom guilt said anything. I time know. To to I had time to listen to music. I love music so much. Um, it was Gold by Brit Nicole, I think. That'll work. Man. I'll take it. Oh, that was from five years ago, so it would probably be different now. But Still walking out to the same song. I'll take <laughs> that. What about a favorite cartoon? This could be either one of your past favorite or one of your boys' favorite. Mm. Well, my son's favorite cartoon is Daniel Tiger, hands down. <laughs> it's pretty much the only thing he'll ever listen to wow. or watch, uh, which is, you know, it's fun. Um, my favorite cartoon did not watch a lot of cartoons growing up, I have to be completely honest, but I love Charlie Brown. Yeah, ooh, that's a good one. I love Charlie Brown, too. Yeah. It's if good. you weren't a chiropractor, what would you be doing right now? That's a great question. <laughs> um, I mean, if I wasn't a chiropractor, I'd probably build out my coaching business. Yeah. I did, I've did. i done some personal coaching, health coaching, so yeah. I thought you were going to say ice fishing. Oh, man. I mean, that would be like a close 50th, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, uh, last book that you read? Do Less by Kate Northrup. Do Less? Do Less. Do Less. I like that. Do Less. Yeah, it's a good one. Mine is The One Thing, so that's very similar. Oh, so, yeah. that's yeah, a good one. Um, all right, so last but not least, let's just go with how can people find you? Let people know um, yeah. where to come and, and, and find more about you online or, or in person. Absolutely. So our website is uh, sanctuarybluecharleston.com, and that's also our Instagram and our Facebook. So you can search us on any of those platforms. You can find us there. Uh, email is hello at Sanctuary Blue Charleston, so we try to keep things consistent. But yeah, definitely check us out. Um, we'll have some workshops coming up. We'll be posting about those. And, you know, visit our website, read more about us, come in. We'd love to see. Yeah, anyway. definitely. I know you're all around town as well at a lot of different farmers markets and different Yeah, things, we try so. and get out and be in the community as much as we can. We love it. Yeah, awesome. Well, I just uh, really wanted to, to thank you, Rachel, for uh, coming and, and hanging out with us today. Um, it's been a pleasure. Yeah, and everybody out there, thank you for listening to the Healthy Charleston Podcast. Don't forget to educate yourself, empower others, and take care of your body. You only get one. What's up, everybody? Eve here. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Healthy Charleston Podcast. If you did, we would love for you to leave us a five-star rating on iTunes. And please leave us any comments. We're always looking to improve or recommend a guest. Yes, we take recommendations. 
Also, if you want to learn a little bit more about us and our health and human performance clinic, where we do physical therapy and performance training, please go check out madetomovept.com. Again, that's made, the number two, movept.com. Thanks so much. Talk to you soon.